Welcome to Learning Unbox. This is another special edition. This is your host, Annalise Corbin of the PASS Foundation. The Learning Unbox special edition is a set of quick podcasts that address an urgent or specific need within our community. So think just in time. And today we're tackling something that is definitely just in time. Uh, we're going to talk um, about interacting with kids and how those interactions have changed um, in the midst of COVID. Um, and what does it mean when a global pandemic says, hey, everything we know about teaching and learning has to shift slightly in terms of the way that we interact and we do our delivery. And so I'm very excited uh, for our conversation today. Uh, joining us is Ashley Price, who's the Assistant Director of Student Programs at the PASS Foundation. And joining her is Alyssa Reeder, Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa Reeder, we were having a long conversation about that, um, who is our project coordinator and student programs also um, at the PASS Foundation and the PASS Innovation Lab. So ladies, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Thanks thank for you. having us. So we're going to uh, just jump right in and I want to um, start by asking the question, um, how have um, student interactions or interactions with kids and just for background, uh, for those who don't know at PASS, we do a variety of programs um, that are delivered for and with students, formal and informal, as well as in person and remote in every combination that you can imagine. Uh, for 20 years, we've been crafting and creating unique unique uh, programs and experiences for students. So Ashley, um, global pandemic changed everything. Um, so not just in our schools and our communities, but for us as an organization as well. And so suddenly you found yourself um, having to really think about virtual interactions with students. Um, what, what, what's your big takeaway about what was different? Yeah, so um... I think my biggest takeaway um, was I was lucky enough to be part of uh, most of our virtual programs. Um, I, me and Alyssa actually ran two of them. Um, and then I was part of all of our Minecraft um, programs as well, which was so great to see and be a part of. Um, so I think my biggest takeaway was um, the communication between kids. Um, really when you're in the classroom, um, especially with, I'm going to use Minecraft, um, especially with Minecraft, the kids are sitting next to, right next to each other and they're in smaller groups and um, they're able to communicate right away and like right next to each other. Um, whereas in the virtual space, um, the kids really had to communicate in a different way in terms of being very detailed in what they wanted and what they wanted mm -hmm. to get across. When you're sitting next to someone and a lot of the times if someone didn't understand, the kids were able to reach over and just be like, okay, here's how you do it and show them. And then the kid was able to learn and do it the next time. Whereas in the virtual space, it's a little bit different because you can't just reach over and show the uh, other, your partner, how to do something. You have to explain it using your words. And so the communication skills that the kids gained throughout the week were amazing because they came in the first day and it was, everyone wanted to talk over everyone else and they were super excited because they got some social interaction that was a little bit different than being in a virtual classroom. And so um, it, was, uh, it was interesting to see them grow throughout the week and see their communication skills really hone in to, I can give really detailed instructions and detail, um, detailed, um, visual, I guess, explain things in a really precise way. And we really saw that when we got to our Friday presentations, we always have presentations on Fridays where we invite mm -hmm. parents and community members to come in. 
And during those presentations, you could really tell that their communication skills were spot on. They knew exactly what they wanted to say, exactly how they wanted to explain it. And it was really, really cool to see. So the communication skills that they gained was really the main thing that I took away from each one of our camps. Yeah, and I think that that's, and that's a tough thing as everybody is sort of figuring out what they're doing this fall in, you know, traditional sort of classroom settings that are now either hybrid or virtual or some even in person, but not sure if they're going to stay that way or whatnot. I think everybody is, is, is really struggling with that. Um, uh, so Alyssa, before we switch over and talk about modifications to in-person, um, talk to me a little bit about how you know, when, when you think about what Ashley was just talking about in terms of helping students communicate, what's that actual process from the instructor standpoint? How do you actually help these kids know to communicate differently and more effectively in such a short period of time? Because, you know, for everybody who's listening, you had these kids for just a few hours a day for a week and you were able to go from, I can't figure out how to interact in this setting and to basically, um, you know, do cooperative work and learning, which is exactly what's happening into not only can I pull that off, but then I can get up and publicly share with the world how incredible we were as a team. How do you, how do you facilitate, how do you facilitate that kind of growth in a virtual environment? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that actually, as Ashley was talking, because, um, you know, when we were going into the virtual landscape, that was one of the things as a team that we were worried about is how are kids going to interact? We don't know how this is going to work. Um, you know, we've heard different stories and we just, we're just not sure. Um, one of the things that we always started the week out with was a kind of um, setting the stage. You know, we know we're on Zoom. We know we're virtual. We're all here together. And it was more of a, of a team consensus, I think is, is how it was set up. Um, I was not only in the program with Ashley for that week for the two art and STEM virtuals, but I also sat in with um, our coding camp for the couple weeks that I was there. And, um, you know, there was just always this, okay, we're going to lay this out and we're going to start as a team. Um, and these are kids that didn't know each other. They're, you know, they, they might've known a friend in the classroom or, you know, in the program, but they they didn't normally know each other. And so I think starting it out that way, as well as here's some guidelines of how we're going to run this. And we really want to all have fun and respect each other. Um, I think that kind of started out the week as, you know, on a good note, not this like daunting of nobody talk, everybody meet yourselves. We don't, you know, I think it was more of, we really want to hear what you have to say, but we want to be respectful of everybody. And so starting out that way, I think really helped. Um, and one of the things that I was absolutely amazed by, not only did their communication skills grow, but the kids were so respectful of each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had certain things that we would, um, you know, make sure they were aware of like, oh, hey, you know, you have this chat. This is how we use the chat or this is how we communicate. Here's how we use the breakout rooms and laying those things out. But it was just incredible to see that these kids who didn't know each other just genuinely just wanted to work together and mm -hmm. to do the, whether it was Minecraft or coding and if somebody was struggling, they really wanted to help them figure it out. Um, so I think letting the kids know that we're a team and that you can learn from each other and that we are learning from you mm -hmm. gave them a bit of empowerment that I think pushed them to take ownership of those kinds of skills. Mm 
Um, so I'd say that was the process, um, to be quite honest, as we watched them develop over the week and change. Um, they just really wanted to interact and be there. And so I think that as we modeled what that looked like, they just took over and took after it. So yeah, absolutely. And and the and they were cute along the way too, right? Yeah. I and mean, that's yes. the other piece of it, right? Oh. Yeah, they're just wickedly, wickedly cute. Even the older <laughs> ones are all cute. Yep. Um so so Ashley, I, I just want to sort of close the loop on this piece where we're talking about, you know, sort of the modifications that have to happen in that virtual space. One of the things that we hear repeatedly um, that our, our educators tell us is how how do I manage collaboration, positive collaboration in a virtual environment? And you guys played uh, with a number of different ways to think about that. And I would argue that you were largely very, very successful. What's, what do you think are the one or two things? And Alyssa, feel free to hop in on this too, because I think this is really, really important because we do get this question all the time. How do I do group work? How do I do collaboration? And how do I ensure it's not just fluff? that it's real learning that's happening. So Ashley, oh, you know, why don't, why don't you get us started? How do I do that? Yeah, so um, in terms of having positive collaboration, um, I think the first thing that we really do is, um, and like you said, we have a shorter time with the kiddos, so we kind of have to jump right in with them. Um, so the one of the first things that we do at the very, very beginning is we do um, kind of a, like a get to know you mm -hmm. and like, um, to make the kids feel comfortable in the space, to make them feel safe in that space. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really, really important is to let the kids know that this is a safe place for you to be. Um, we, want, we want to get to know you and we want the other people in the class to know who you are as well. Um, and we want you to feel safe and we want you to feel comfortable in, if you have a question or if you have um, something that you want to say or th something like that. So we definitely start the week off letting the kids know that and learning about them and finding out about their interests and things like that and finding out if there's a way that we can take those interests and really mix them into our activities that we're doing because they're going to be more engaged and they're going to be more willing to be a part of it if you really pull in those interests. Um, for us, I mean, the kids that are in our camps, they already have an interest in those things. Mm -hmm, our Minecraft right. camp, they already have an interest mm -hmm. in Minecraft, yeah. right? Um, but we, uh, we really start the week like that. And then um, with the Minecraft camp and even with our art and STEM camp, we did breakout rooms. So the kids worked in smaller groups to build. Um, but with Minecraft, they were actually able to be on the same server. So they were all in the same place in Minecraft, but they were all in smaller breakout rooms working. Um, and so just jumping from breakout room to breakout room, listening to the kids work together. I think, um, like Alyssa said, they were all so respectful of each other. And I think it was just that they wanted that interaction. They wanted that communication mm -hmm. with each other. And um, they felt comfortable with each other because we started the week with that safe space for them and knowing that they were okay and they, they could uh, give their ideas and ask questions without feeling like they were being judged. So I think that's the, one of the biggest things. And the breakout rooms were not a giant cluster headache. No. You guys <laughs> no. actually figured out how to yes. make it work, right? Because, you know, teachers yeah. are like, how do I manage? I'm not with them in that moment. I have to step away and go, you know, visit another breakout room. How do I, you know, it's like leaving my classroom unattended, Alyssa. Right. I mean, there's a right. moment of panic. It can feel, yeah, it can feel intimidating. Like, oh my gosh, I'm letting my kids go and do what they want to do. Um, 
I, I echo what Ashley said, the, sa- the, the getting to know the kids in the beginning and that safe space so they feel comfortable not only with you, but with each other. But the other biggest thing is, is autonomy. And when you talk about the fluff, right, the mm-hmm. kids working collaboratively, but you want it to actually mean something, I think there's a little bit of a, also intimidation of, well, if I give them too much, what are they actually doing? Um, I think allowing the kids to choose, you know, when we had the art and STEM um, program, that was the biggest thing for us was allowing those kids to, I mean, we give them bits and pieces, right, that they were learning, but they got to choose these projects they were working on and they got to choose what they were putting into this. Um, And I think that, and that's not just a virtual, that's Mm -hmm. in person in general, you know, um, but just giving them that ability to feel invested in what they're actually working on is just going to propel the collaborative work forward. Um, and then also too, if you're worried about the virtual landscape of the, uh, breakout rooms, you know, we would bounce from room to room. Mm-hmm. Um, you can very easily tell going into rooms, which kids are struggling and which kids are are, are fine. And then, you know, okay, I, I can let these kids work. I need to focus on maybe these two rooms and really, you know, focus on what they're doing. Um, and so there was no, um, issue there and being like, okay, maybe, um, I need to spend a little bit more time with, with this group because they're just struggling, whether it's, you know, conceptually or whether it's interactively, they're just having some, some, you know, tough time. So, um, it can be intimidating, but it also, you know, is, is really not in the whole, you know, scheme of things. Yeah. And, and I think that the big messaging is that it's all very, very doable. And I think that the, the, the last piece, um, you know, for this conversation that I think that is really, really critical um, in this is I think it's important for parents, for community for teachers, for administrators, to hear from folks who have navigated this transition well, as you ladies have. So, you know, bravo for that. Um, That, you know, one of the things that everybody has an initial expectation, and I'm hoping that because we all collectively around the globe largely did this in the spring, that we don't even come to the fall with the same sort of mindset, um, is that, you know, it's not the same a level of direct instruction. In a virtual environment, you can't, it, it's very, very different. And so you have to let go, everybody collectively has to let go of the idea that I have to stand in front of my classroom and lecture or talk at my kiddos for 20 minutes and then we're gonna do something. Mm-hmm. It's really bite size do, bite size do, bite size do, right? Um, in a variety of different combinations. And so, how do you how do you shift your own mindset really quickly? Thirty seconds, Ashley. How do you do it? Uh, <laughs> or Alyssa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's a tough thing, right? It's it's because you 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 do have to. Here's how I've always done it, but I you absolutely cannot. We have to change our expectations. I think you have to recognize the constraints that are there and just figure out. Okay what can I do to enhance this? Mm -hmm. You know, the, you know, when we were thinking about how do we take a virtual 
how do we take a class that, or a program we've done in person and make it virtual? Well, the constraints for us are materials. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously the face-to-face -face interaction of being able to like individually help a child, which you can still do virtually, but that's something you have to think about. Um, but just recognizing what those constraints are and what are ways that you can enhance it. So maybe not every kid's gonna have, um, you know, markers, but you can still do it with colored pencils or mm -hmm. maybe not every kid's gonna have um, this particular type of computer, but guess what? Like we can still interact face to face and we'll figure out an alternative. Um, you don't have to have paper. You can use cardboard. Like there's just opening it up to, 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 to think about how can we still make this meaningful with these constraints in place? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Work with what you have. Ashley, you want to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, I think, um, just like Alyssa said earlier, is that autonomy is if, you're doing an activity and a kid says, well, I don't, I don't have this at home. Can I do this instead? You might in your mind as a teacher say, no, this is what, this is really what I want. This is what I have set up for you guys to do. But at the same time, you have to have that autonomy to let them be flexible enough to say, yeah, go ahead. Like if that's what works for you, absolutely. And I think we found that out in the art and STEM program really quick. It was, and that was one of the question main questions we had is, these kids might not have everything we need. So how do we make this so that it's an activity that if they have paper, they can use paper. If they have cardboard, they can use cardboard or whatever it is. Um, so that flexibility, having that flexibility for those kids um, is really important. And it's not flexibility for yourself. It's flexibility for your students and making sure that they're comfortable coming to you and saying, hey, I can't do this, but can I do this instead? Um, so I think we figured, we found that out really quick in the art, specifically in the art and STEM program. So I would say that flexibility is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Thank you ladies so much for sharing yeah. uh, your experience with us all. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank, Thank you. you.